What does a saint born in the 1400s have to teach us about money? Keep listening and find out on this episode of The Catholic Money Show. Recently, I went on a silent Ignatian retreat. Mm. One of my favorite weekends of the entire year. Jonathan also goes on one. Mm-hmm. There was a point in our um, our spiritual lives and when the kids were all super little that we were kind of doing two of these a year. Yes. <laughs> Just to hold on for dear life and get a little respite for each other. Uh, now we, we're firmly just doing one. And I think that's the right balance for right now. And um, it was just such a such an incredible weekend. Every time you go um, on one of these silent retreat weekends that's kind of styled and mirrored off of the Ignatian spiritual exercises, you get a different preacher who's kind of got a different take on things, etc. And so while the content they're going through tends to be built off of the same things, you're going to get a wildly different retreat. And then mm-hmm. of course, the Holy Spirit's always moving and doing his thing. So it's just um, always such a, re- a refresh to see what comes out of it. And the spiritual exercises, like the, the real version is a month long. Yes. So when you're a going on the, retreat. the three day version mm-hmm. to fill up that 10th of it, some bits are going to be the same pretty much every time. But then there's other bits of it where it's up to the retreat master, mm-hmm. which uh, reflections or which exercises he's going to pull in yes. for that particular weekend. So. It's always an ex- it's you wonder which what am I going to get? Mm-hmm. It's always going to be good. Yeah. So St. Ignatius was um, a saint born in the late 1400s. And just a super quick recap on him and his life. He was a soldier and essentially he was injured in battle mm-hmm. and he was recovering and there wasn't a whole lot to do. Before this, you know, he was not serious in his relationship with God, not living a faithful, virtuous life. Um, Now he's injured and it looks like he can either stare at a wall or he could read this book on the lives of the saints. (laughs) He chose to go ahead and pick up the uh, the book on the saints and was just completely blown away, completely transformed, seeing and hearing about these individuals who'd walked before him, who in some instances given their lives. Um, for the gospel and for for the the sake of the kingdom of God, this completely revolutionized Ignatius, and so he kind of took that passion that the Lord had now awoken in him, combined it with his training as a soldier, and he wanted to figure out how can I kind of marry these two and bring the best of both of them together, and what does any good soldier do before battle? They get in shape, mm. they exercise, and so he developed what's called the spiritual exercises, essentially exercising our soul, our spiritual life. And he gives us that plus some kind of rules for discernment. Essentially, like when you're in battle, here's some orders to heed by so that you don't get killed. (laughs) (laughs) You don't get go down in flames so you can get to the other side in in victory. And um, it's been a humongous gift to the church. He um, then, of course, is also known as being the founder of the Jesuits. Um, the Society of Jesus. Anyway, he's given us this huge gift, the spiritual exercises. There's the 30-day version of the retreat you can go through. There's the eight-day, and then there's the micro, mini, three-day. Or four-day, I guess. they call it. Technically, yes. 
And something stood out on this retreat that I went on. And I'm, I'm continuously blown away. When I learn more about the saints, and sorry, I just keep chatting here. I was the one who went on the retreat. I'm going to let you read this. I'm in just a having section. my own little like <laughs> four minute silent retreat right now. Um, the saints had so much to say about money. They had so much wisdom to share about it. And we can still learn from that and glean from that wisdom today. And I'm just, I, I'm continually waiting and looking for new saints to tell me new things about finances so we can keep unpacking it in modern times. And St. Ignatius said something in the very beginning of the spiritual exercises that is foundational. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Yes. The first principle and foundation. And this is, uh, like you said, you go on the, the, the exercises, you go on a retreat every year. And, uh, you know, even if you hear some of the same stuff, it still hits home. Mm -hmm. This is the thing. Every time I go, mm. I think, oh. Oh, principle and foundation oh, just gets you. Ooh. Every time. <laughs> Every time. I know it, but boy, I could know it a whole lot better. Mm. You want to read? Yes. I mean, again, there's, this is a thick text, but we're literally reading the beginning. The very beginning. Principle and foundation is like, oh, yeah, everything else we're going to talk about. This is going to be the foundation of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how preliminary this text is. Take All it right. away, John. Here we go. Principle and foundation. Man is created to praise, reverence and serve God, our Lord, and by this means to save his soul. And the other things on the face of the earth are created for man and that they may help him in prosecuting the end for which he is created. From this follows that man is to use them as much as they help him on to his end, and ought to rid himself of them so far as they hinder him as to it. For this it is necessary to make ourselves indifferent to all created things, in all that it is allowed to be the choice of our free will, and is not prohibited to it so that on our part we want not health rather than sickness, riches rather than poverty, honor rather than dishonor, long rather than short life, and so in all the rest, desiring and choosing only what is most conductive for us to the end for which we are created. Mm. So good. And we'll have that, of course, pasted in the show notes. Yes, so we will. So you can read that too. There's so many nuggets in there, um, but essentially a, a, the gist is this. We were created to praise, reverence, and serve God, and by means of that, save our souls, and that our engagement with things of this world need to be oriented to that destination, to that end goal. Mm -hmm. That's really the, the summary of this. And so because that's the goal, that's the reason for being every interaction everything in our life should be evaluated in light of that end mm, yes and so our preferences should be whatever is going to get me there yep so like he says it's necessary to make ourselves indifferent to all created things mm. not disinterested and, nope not, ah, not laissez-faire not chill out 
<clears throat> but just, I just don't have a choice. It could literally go either way. I just want it to go the way that's going to help me get to heaven. Mm, the way that is most conducive to that end goal, mm -hmm. to my eternal happiness. And he lays down some pretty tough things there. Some pretty tough things. Mm -hmm. You know, what do we, you know, when, when somebody wishes you well, or you know you're a new college grad and you're about to embark on the world, or you're married and somebody's, you know, wishing you well out into the, um, the journey ahead. You know, usually people are going to wish you health, wealth, and happiness, mm -hmm. <laughs> essentially. Um, these are kind of things that are become ends in and of themselves. And the mm -hmm. pursuit of that makes us miserable when we pursue these things as ends in themselves. Mm -hmm. Anyway, but let's talk about... Let's look at the list that the he list. gives. Of course, before then going on to say... And so, and all the rest, so, and everything else. But what does he deem, uh, what popped to his mind to list out in particular? Mm -hmm. Health and sickness. Shouldn't, we shouldn't want one more than the other. Mm. But man. I hate being sick. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? What is most conducive for our eternal, sal eternal salvation? Mm -hmm. That really is what I want. I mean, if you and if, if God in His wisdom knows better than I, so be it. I think about I it. Accept that. If we look at it as just a kind of a a temporal plane here, with the temporal consequences, you could think if you had the you know the magic fortune cookie or whatever it is, the time machine, whatever magic thing is going to help you actually do this. And it could be like, well, here's your choice. You can be home puking and miss that concert you were going to go to or feel great. But on your way to the concert, you get in a terrible car accident and die. Which one do you want? I would pick puking. <laughs> sure. We don't always we don't get to see the whole picture. So it's like in that case, oh, please. I give me sickness. Sure. Absolutely. Right. And that's easy. And I mean, that's just a. Uh, a small thing here so but also give me health if that's that's more conducive mm -hmm. we just don't know i went to that concert and i met the love of my life exactly we don't have the wisdom of god we're not omnipotent Thankfully. we don't see and this is where abandonment to divine providence comes in because there's just so much peace and just saying i abandon to the present moment however it manifests like sickness or health now the next one this one's kind of our specialty. This is the near and dear to our hearts. This one. Okay. Riches rather than poverty. Mm -hmm. To be completely indifferent to our net worth or whatever it ends up being. Whatever mm. God calls us to. Now, it could be really different for each of us. I mean, we have people as Catholics that are called to take vows of poverty in religious life. Mm -hmm. Poverty is not um like a moral good this is not something we just choose um because like it's religious life they don't choose it because they're just um looking for pain and suffering it's you know they're choosing it in in likeness of our lord because he chose that mm -hmm. and there's lots of reasons we don't need to get into it but um they're modeling that that likeness and trusting radically in the in the father's providence um and minimizing distractions in their life. 
So some people are going to be called to that and to not be afraid of that or to have a more of a, a simple life or some called to kind of have a moderate amount of money. Mm-hmm. That's probably most of us, just a moderate amount. But the temptation, oh, isn't the temptation so real? I just had a little more money. A little bit more, please. I just had a little bit more money. Please, sir, can I have some more? Oh, it's so tempting. And it doesn't really matter what income bracket you're at. We hear it from people that make 50000 a year, who make 100000 a year, who make 200000 a year. If I just had a little bit more money, things would be better. It's just such a temptation. Mm-hmm. We're called to be indifferent. But then some, some of us, we're going to be called to riches. Mm-hmm. And we need to be indifferent to that. We shouldn't run from it because we're just in, you know, we have fear or shame or guilt around money for some reason, for some warped reason. You know, we're believing lies about money that the enemy has convinced us of or whatnot. There's no reason to be afraid of it. If that's what God's calling us to, if that's what's conducive for my eternal happiness to, you know, inherit something or start a company and manage hundreds of millions of dollars in my life and be radically generous with that. If that is most conducive, I, I want that Lord, but either one, whatever, mm. always indifferent to however he wants it to look. And so I think the call here, when I was on this retreat and just thinking about this of like, Ooh, you know, at the beginning <laughs> of our financial journey, I was pretty much like, I, I wasn't here. Mm-hmm. I wasn't here. I was definitely in the mindset of like, okay, great. If I do A, B, and C, then I'm going to be rich and um, get to have an easy end of my life and maybe get to be generous a little bit. Mm. That was, it was a really, really simplistic and frankly (laughs) ill-formed vision of handling handling money in in my lifetime or of good stewardship. Mm -hmm. Praise be God, he's taken us deeper and he's... He's taken us from that, that beginning space and, and transformed it, matured it, formed it a little bit better as time's gone on. And now we understand that that was just too shallow of an aim, mm-hmm. too shallow. Um, but the temptation is so real. You said it's too shallow of a name. I'd say it's not shallow in that uh, like there's, it's empty it's hollow and it's meaningless. You know, usually shallow is used as a very negative term. I wouldn't say it's shallow in that way. It's shallow in the, uh, like the realest sense of it and that it, it's not deep. It actually doesn't go any further than that. It doesn't get down into the real desires and the real call and the real wants and needs and, and all of that that gets placed on us. Uh, it stays at that surface level, even if it's, ah, oh, man, I just, I want to be rich. I can just be so generous. I can make this good thing happen. I can give this much to the church, all of that. Mm-hmm. That's not something to even that to be desired. Mm. If that's just, if that's it, that's the end. It's too shallow. It's just not there. Mm. Um, it should be deep. And really the desire is whatever you want to give me. However much you want to you want to put in my pocket yes. to take care of, that's what I want. And, and it's not- it's a it's a lie to think the other way to think oh it's so good we should make all this money so I can do all this good. That's a lie. That's telling you you have to have a lot of money 
if you want to do a lot of good. Mm. Or if you want to be holy or to enact you change. You can do so much good. Wherever God No matter you. what amount of money you have. So I think that's something that, that can be going around of, well, you can, you can do so much, you can give so much more when you have more money and you can mm. do so much more good. No, you can't do more good. You can only do the good that God's asking you to do. And that's going to be an incredible amount that's beyond your wildest dreams. If you have a little bit of money or if you have a lot, yep. it doesn't matter. Right. And I think the assumption, though, is uh, that we're being we're always being good stewards. Right. Absolutely. We're not in poverty because we blew it, blew out the credit cards or we're unwise, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. The assumption is that no matter what's going on, whether the Lord's entrusting us with very minimal amount of money, a moderate or a lot, we are stewarding the pants off of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the assumption. And then we are indifferent to the result. Because at the end of the day, how many stories do we know of someone who was called to just have a, a small amount in their life, but then something happened and then they were asked to, to steward much more? Or even the opposite. Someone was a booming success in the eyes of the world and had a lot of money. And then the market shifted. Something happened and they, they went bankrupt and they, they lost hope and despaired. Mm. You know, these are tragedies. These are tragedies. We're called to just be indifferent, to, to hold it loosely and to not truly care. Just ask and beg God that our financial situation would be that we could be the best stewards possible. And that we trust him with the, with the outcome, knowing that it's going to be the most conducive to that eternal end. If we look at this list, right, I mean, he's saying, St. Ignatius is saying here, it doesn't matter. You could live um, a, a very healthy life where you're rich, everybody loves you, it's nice and long, everything could go your way. Or you could live a life where you're sick the whole time, in dire poverty, <laughs> nobody likes you, and you die young. You're a total victim soul. <laughs> Either one should be fine. If that and is what is in best. Between. Yes. And any, most of us and kind most of... Most of us are kind of probably going to fall in the in-between. Or we're going to have seasons where, you know, one's up and one's down, mm -hmm. or three of them are going well, according to our thoughts, and one of them's just, you know, not the way that the world would want it to be or et cetera. But really mm -hmm. we, our call is just that indifference. And what happens when we're indifferent to that long life rather than the short life to that honor rather than the dishonor, you know, those are the other two things we're set free. Mm. We're set free. We don't have to care. We don't have to claw, claw around to, to create a status for ourselves. We don't have to desperately try to fight our circumstances. How many of us have been there? Ah, where you're just grinding your teeth and you're ticked off at whatever God has invited you to. If it isn't the way you wanted it to go, we can either just, you know, wail and gnash our teeth and be miserable throughout that. Or we can, we can lean in, be completely indifferent and say, this is what you have for me right now, Lord. I'm entering into it. I'm going to offer it up. I'm going to make this profitable to myself and to others. And, and when things are going well, like you're healthy, everybody loves you, you got a lot of piggies in the bank, 
you're 95 and still ticking. Just praise God. This is what he had for you. Thank you, Lord. However I can be, how I can serve you more, let me continue to do so. And if you're broke, sick, suffering, alone, and <laughs> death's door at 38, <laughs> praise God. Yes. Because that's what he had for you. Mm-hmm. This influences the way all of us should look at, at everything that we do. And it influences us here on the Catholic Money Show, with Wallet Win, with everything that we do. We're, we teach you about handling money, how to think about money with the mind of the church, all of that. We are not trying to help you get rich. We don't want you to be rich if you're not supposed to be. We want you to be the best stewards you can be so that you can say yes to whatever God is calling you to do and whatever amount of money he's asking you to manage for him, whether that be a little or a lot. It doesn't matter to us how much that is. I hope it doesn't matter much to you. It's not what you have. It's what you do with it and why you do it. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, we want so much more for you. The things of this world are passing. We want heaven for you. That's what we want for ourselves. Mm -hmm. God willing. And so we're going to offer you nuggets of wisdom from giants of the church. These are hard things. These are challenging things, especially in our day and, and time where essentially, you know, health and wealth is just worshipped, essentially. Mm -hmm. Those are the metrics with which you can measure how you're doing in life. It's just not true. It's just not true. And so we are going to invite you to, to serve, praise, and reverence God. And by this means to save your soul. And to be indifferent to how it ends up looking along the journey. You can find out more on this topic in our upcoming Catholic Money Summit. If you want to hear more of, about the intersection of our Catholic faith and our finances, join us in the summit, catholicmoneysummit.com. It begins Wednesday, June 14th. We are kicking things off with a live party. Mm -hmm. We're going to party as we get things kicked off. And we're going to have a ton of fun. Over 40 interviews on a variety of different topics in the summit. And we can't wait to see you there. Yeah, and it all culminates in consecrating your finances to the sacred and immaculate hearts. So join us as we prepare for that consecration, take you through those prayers, and come out the other side, knowing more about how to handle our money, why to handle it well, and of course, doing it under the protection of Our Lady and Our Lord. You can learn more at catholicmoneysummit.com. That's catholicmoneysummit.com. Until next time, bye for now. Thanks for joining us today. You can learn more about this show and the Wallowin program at wallowin.com. Music in this episode's from Dylan Gardner. Listen to his new album, Almost Real, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your music. See you next week. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit spokestreet.com.